On this episode of The Table of Content, we have a special guest to me joining us for this episode. My wife, Elizabeth Sines, joins for the conversation. We'll talk to her about her contributions to We Are One Body Audio Theater. Stay tuned. That's coming up next. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Table of Content. My name is Albert Sines, your host, and we are happy to have Elizabeth Sines joining us for this episode. Elizabeth, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to your husband. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. (laughs) So, uh, yes, as I mentioned in the intro, Elizabeth is my wife. And uh, we have partaken together and separately in We Are One Body Audio Theater. So we'll talk to Elizabeth about her contributions to audio theater, how she came to be a part of the program, and maybe what she's hoping to do in the future. So, Elizabeth. Yes. (laughs) My dear. So, Elizabeth, for those who are unfamiliar with who you are, could you try to give a bit of your background and how that led you to be a contributor to audio theater? Sure. Uh, Well, I have always loved literature and writing. Um, I've been writing stories since I was probably about five years old. I actually just recently found one in a sentimental box called The Bad Butterfly. Um, It's an excellent story, and my family raves about it. It It's about five pages long. So how come we're not submitting that to audio theater? (laughs) Because it's really about the illustrations. That's what really sold the story. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Some fabulous pictures of a bee with his head in his hands because the butterfly is so mean. It was really good. Um, But no, I I think it started with, with that interest leading into becoming a writing major in college. And then fast forward to 2013 and... Uh, You were hired by St. Joseph Mission, so we moved to the Latrobe area and were introduced to audio theater and a production they were working on at the time. And it felt like a really cool way to kind of venture into my writing talents and a little bit of drama as well. I'd taken a few acting classes in college and I liked drama, but didn't love audiences. So it was, you know, it was just a little scary to be in front of people. So to be behind a microphone in a group of people that I was comfortable with, it was just kind of a fun way to kind of tap into my creative side and still be in a safe place. So um, yeah, so it was just a cool opportunity to be able to pursue that and to pursue it with my husband um, and kind of, you know, explore that, that form of creativity. Now, you have in your, in the early participation, you were writing some poetry. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious, because you've, you've explained to me before, but poetry is something that you're very fond of. Yes. And you've spoken of poets that you have uh, taken an interest in, you know, you were uh, very interested in Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who's another poet that you're... Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson, right. I've seen that book recently. Yes. Now, would you say that you are influenced in the poetry that you write 
by the poets that you are interested in, or is your poetry of completely your own creation? Mm, I would say it's my own. Um, I think the authors and poets that I'm interested in are way, 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 way beyond my ability. <laughs> so I just deeply admire them. But I think for me, poetry is something that kind of just, I can't just sit down and write a poem. I have to have it, it pops into my head. It writes itself. I'm the, I'm the poetic transcriptionist for that poem. I, I don't feel that I've come up with it necessarily so much as it was presented to me. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think as much as I love certain poets, I don't think I can aspire to what they are. So I just have my own little ditties that I write off to the side that just pop into my head. Now, the audience is going to want to say that I am biased because I'm your <laughs> husband. Uh, I'm going to say that too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so you should. But you wrote in that first, might have even been 2016, I think, uh, you wrote two Thanksgiving poems. Mm -hmm. uh, one I think was titled Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and the other one was The Treasure Chest, mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. And then they were both uh, aptly read by Father Stephen West. Mm. Um, and what I take away from your poetry, your little ditties, as you say, <laughs> was your choice of adjectives, your choice of descriptions for the feast of Thanksgiving. You used colors and you used emeralds and rubies and 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 it 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 comes alive in your brain because <laughs> Thanksgiving is quite the the feast. It is quite the treasure chest of food. Mm -hmm. And you could sort of uh envision it, especially as Father Stephen reads it. Because, Absolutely. Because he, he I think he, Father Stephen really really sold it. I, I enjoyed writing the poem, but Father Stephen made it come alive for me. Right. <laughs> so. Right. I, I think he does that with everything he reads. Yes, I he think does. he gives such breath and such life to a, and if it's a character, if yeah. it's a poem, if mm -hmm. it's a story, he's very good at that. Yes, he is. So I think he was the right person to help Thanksgiving and the treasure chest sort of come off of the pages that you wrote it on and put it into people's heads so they could really sort of, oh yeah, that's that's Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I, I I'm not trying to say that I'm biased. I just really appreciate poetry and narratives and fiction that's gives good descriptions. So you can really put it into your head. Now before we move to a recent production that we actually both worked on, I want to finish up the poetry section with your opinions of the importance of poetry. Because we've done a lot of poetry at the Audio Theater. If you look at the listings of the poetry patch, we've done a lot. Yeah. People who have written their own poems, uh, those from greater poets of years gone by, Obviously, there's an importance to poetry. Absolutely. I want to know what is really important about poetry to you, and why do you think it's important sort of for the greater society to consume poetry? I know that's a big question. Yeah, that's but a I, big I, question. But it's important. <laughs> but I, I think it's yeah. important. I think yeah. poetry is really important. Yeah. So I want to know what you have to say about it being a poetry writer yourself. Mm. 
I think what I love about poetry personally is that it tends to be very thought-provoking in a way that prose tends to take much longer to do. Um, I feel that a poem puts you in a very specific place in a very specific time very quickly and captures that moment, kind of like a photograph or a painting. You know, you, you see that image and you're instantly enveloped by it. Right, right. You know, and you don't, you don't necessarily, depending on the image, you don't necessarily need words. With the poem, you don't need any more than what the poem's offered you. Your brain fills in any gaps and it can be very, I have found poetry to be incredibly moving, incredibly profound. And it's like a one-two punch and it's done versus like you can read a whole book and not get that experience that a poem gives you in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think objectively for the, for the larger masses, I think poetry is important because a lot of the time, aside from those big thought-provoking moments, I think it also, the, especially the, the older poetry, it, it offers you a vocabulary and imagery that we're losing very quickly in our world. This this beautiful ability to to rhyme and to create these word pictures that we're just not getting anymore. Uh, as a as a silly example, you know, someone one time compared a an old Frank Sinatra song to a more recent song and. You know, I think it was um, the way you look tonight, and it was just the, the imagery is lovely in in that song, and they compared it to a more modern day love song that was basically just baby, 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 ooh, baby, 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 ooh, and it's just there's it, we've lost this ability to use words and to use them well, and poetry is a way to re-experience just the. The beauty of language. The beauty of the English language. It's, sure. It's, it's incredible. The words are just phenomenal. And, you know, there's just, there's a, a friend recently said, there's nothing like a well-constructed sentence. Like you just can't beat a well-constructed sentence. Sure. Which what I just said was not a well-constructed <laughs> sentence. But uh, then anyways, yeah. I, so I just think that those, those images that can be brought up by beautiful words. Here's a bonus question. So poetry has this ability to bring out beauty. Mm. And as you said, it can do it in a lot shorter time span compared to a a long narrative, mm-hmm. you know, with 50 chapters mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So what about poetry in the realm of the spiritual life? Like, since it can provoke such beautiful imagery, does poetry have a really strong place in being able to invoke sort of uh, a heightened faith, uh, a motivation to the the spiritual side of one's lives, or is that sort of, no, it's just poetry and, you know, you need to read the Bible for your spiritual high. Oh, gosh, no. I, I It's absolutely poetry as well. I One of the poems that I recorded for, for WAOB was The Burning Babe, 
and it's a Christmas poem, and uh, the poet is having a vision of the Christ child literally burning with love, and it's it's almost a painful poem to read. It's so beautiful and it's so profound. Uh, another one that I've I really it's really a prayer uh, is by John Donne called "Batter My Heart, Three Person God," and the again the imagery is beautiful because he says yet dearly i love you and would be loved fain but in betrothed unto your enemy divorce me untie or break that not again take me to you imprison me for i except you enthrall me never shall be free nor ever chaste except you ravish me it's just this imagery of like like break in and take over my soul because I'm not strong enough to give myself to you. So just break in and take me. And like, again, like there, I think there's so often in, in, in life where we're, we're trapped inside our own sinfulness. And, you know, I heard one time someone said, God's a gentleman. He's going to knock, but he's not going to force the door down. But like to beg him to force the door down, to like just take over because I'm not strong enough. I need you to just take me. I just, again, it's it's a poem, but it's probably one of the most profound prayers <laughs> I've ever read. So yeah, so I think poetry is profoundly important in religion. You know, that last poem that you referenced, it makes me think of the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, you know, in the Bible, mm -hmm. this sort of, this monologue of this just deep-rooted, just passion, passion for God. Yes. Just in the imagery. And of course, people look at it, you know, and it comes across as if, you know, like, to love, you know, a, a, a lover speaking to his beloved, you mm -hmm. know. And, and it is, I mean, it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, he speaks of mm -hmm. God as mm -hmm. if... It was someone talking to th their wife or their husband, mm -hmm. you know, and the that power of that imagery, and you'd be like, "This is just talking to God." Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I I I agree with you. Just to take a poem and take all the power of the words, yeah, and form it to something directed at God or our yeah, Lord, absolutely uh, can you know, motivate, inspire, yeah. um, even sort of make someone emotional potentially. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Maybe more so than some of the memorized prayers that we've become right. a little bit calloused to. Right. Absolutely. Well, um, before we wrap up, uh, I want to just talk about our, our production that was, uh, recently just posted. Uh, it was a, uh, poem, Mm -hmm. uh, by Gretlin Darkey, uh, and it was She Who Sleeps, and basically sort of a retelling of the Sleeping Beauty story, yeah. mm -hmm. but again, in a very sort of passionate yes. way. Yes, And uh, we, we recorded that uh, in the midst of everything going on, and we, you know, we, you know, I recorded and you recorded, and yeah. then we sort of waited because uh, we were we did that several months ago uh, when we did the recording, so 
we were kind of waiting for it to come live and it came live and to listen to it with this music that Greland also composed. <laughs> uh, it's such a fun, it, it, you, you feel this back and forth of, you know, the one searching for Sleeping Beauty and Sleeping Beauty wanting to sort of get out, but to not just, you know, th this is not the Disney classic, you know, <laughs> this poem's not the Disney classic. And, uh, uh, I, I had a lot of fun recording and it's really, you know, it's fun to to listen to. Yeah. And it's always a blast to work with Gretelin. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and so, so for the listeners, right, you know, we, we did all this remotely and mm -hmm. I, I, I left to uh, take care of our children yeah. while Elizabeth recorded yeah. and she took twice as long as me. And I and had five lines <laughs> she had more than five lines however she took twice as long as me and there was a great deal of, of laughter so yes always uh always a blast always very very absolutely. good time to work with the audio theater crew absolutely um so you know hopefully we get to do something else in the future yeah um what, the future but what what does the future hold for you in audio theater anything in particular uh nothing off the top of my head at the moment but of course always the hope of of entering back in and and enjoying it some more you know i think uh having three small children can be a little distracting from writing and from uh the, that form of drama. <laughs> there are other forms of drama that would be less interesting on audio theater. Uh, but no, I, I definitely want to keep recording and keep writing. I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding those pockets of time and pursuing them the way I need to. <laughs> Is that important for someone who writes or draws? Is is it important to try to carve out that time, even if it's a few minutes uh, a week, to try and to try and find some way to make that creative, those creative juices keep keeping those creative gears oiled? That's, I guess, a better way to say it. Is that important? My husband likes to tell me it is. <laughs> I'm her husband too, by the way. <laughs> My husband's always telling me I should take some time to, you know, work on my writing and, you know carve out that time. And I agree with him, you know, objectively, just subjectively, it becomes a little tricky. Sure. No, and, and I completely understand, you know, if we all just had the, the freedom to create at will, you know, mm. the world, I think, would be filled with amazing content. And there is amazing content out there, and there's creative people doing amazing things. Mm -hmm. But I would like to imagine a world where everyone who wants to share their creative abilities could do it freely. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that, you know, we have our daily lives that we must tend to and our daily responsibilities. And sure. you and I have our three daily responsibilities <laughs> that come in the shape of our children. Well, and the cool thing about our children is that they've actually provided ability to be creative because they've inspired different types of creativity. I've, I think I've written at least two poems that dealt specifically with our oldest. So, you know, just I think in a lot of ways they inspire it. Uh, they just don't necessarily leave room or time for you to do anything with the inspiration. <laughs> right, right. Well, maybe, maybe in a minimal way, 
to be inspired is mm-hmm. a good start mm-hmm. and to for us to look for the inspiration mm-hmm. and then we can look for the opportunity to uh, take that inspiration and turn it into something more concrete. Absolutely. Elizabeth, thanks so much for joining us here on the Table of Content. Oh, it's my pleasure. It has been an absolute pleasure to have a bit more of an in-depth discussion with you. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, for anyone who is interested in hearing the readings or writings of Elizabeth Sines, uh, please visit the website at waobaudiotheater.org or any of our other outlets for uh, any of our other media And we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of The Table of Content and hope that you will tune in again for the next episode. Until then, take care, stay safe, peace.